Lake Effect continues on 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. I'm Mitch Tyke. And I'm Bonnie North. The issue of lead in drinking water isn't limited to low-income neighborhoods around Milwaukee. The housing stock and the water infrastructure in many city and suburban neighborhoods is old, and lead laterals serve modest houses and sprawling mansions alike. But how do people around the city decide whether to drink water straight from the tap, run it through a filter, drink bottled water, or some other option? We sent Lake Effect intern Zoe Munson out into the field to get a sample of what people choose and why. I know I was in Peru this summer, and everything has to be filtered. Um, the showers are filtered, the faucet water is filtered. A lot of people even filter their water before they boil it. Um, and so in comparison to a lot of other countries, I think that Milwaukee in the U.S., um, is pretty stable when it comes to water, but we definitely have a lot we need to work on. Like I have concerns with public water versus I usually use filtered water, and I have concerns about what's in my water as well. Um, honestly, I need to be more educated about the subject. For now, I just drink my river's osmosis water and hope that all is well. I've heard we have clean water here in Milwaukee compared to, say, Chicago, but I honestly don't know. I have not done the research to find out whether we do actually drink clean water here. In my neighborhood, anyway, um, the houses were built in late 50s, so our pipes are okay. And other places I've traveled to have far worse problems. So in balance, I think our water is clean. Lake Effect intern Zoe Munson collected our interviews from around Milwaukee. Researchers are also increasingly interested in how people decide whether to drink their tap water. That's true in places like Milwaukee and Flint, but also in places where there are fewer concerns about lead. Greg Pierce is the associate director of research at the Luskin Center for Innovation at the University of California, Los Angeles, and he studies public perceptions of tap water. We reached him on the line from California. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Give us some context for the question that you have dug into. What what made you interested in this in this question of uh, perception of tap water in the first place? Yeah, I think I mean there's multiple things really focusing more broadly on water quality and water safety um, in, in multiple different contexts. But really, since Flint, uh, there's been an interest um, both from the public and from the researcher perspective on, on digging deeper into questions of water quality, um, perception and sort of detection of water quality uh, that goes beyond what the, the federal regulations sort of lay out in the State Drinking Water Act. The more I dug into the issue of, of mistrust of the TAP, uh, began to realize that some of the work, uh, including some of my own early work on this issue, really characterized mistrust as something that was irrational or based on experiences or individual factors. Uh, but the more I've done this work, seen that uh, it appears people are making more rational decisions than we uh, expected based on the, the quality of the water that's coming out of their tap, which isn't uh, easily to, e- easy to observe as researchers or even as regulators, but is something that people are experiencing and um, uh, making decisions on that affects both their health and welfare. What do we understand about how people made these decisions before Flint? Yeah, I mean, I think there were certainly there's different sources around uh, just basically asking people what they perceive about their water quality, whether it's safe to drink, whether they drink it. Um, but very little of that was 
actually tied to whether uh, the water that was coming out of the tap was unsafe or unclean, um, whether they were served by different types of water systems. And most of the research concluded, uh, and I still think there's some role here, that uh, a lot of the the mistrust of the tap was was driven actually by socioeconomic factors and by sort of personal risk uh, assessment rather than anything to do with the water. Since, uh, you know, some others have done research on particularly urban areas, uh, we found that, uh, again, that there's actually more going on to the story. What were the kinds of socioeconomic factors that originally played into this, even even before people had Flint on their radar? Certainly, well, education. Uh, uh, more educated people tend to trust tap water, although equal, uh, as well as race and ethnicity, with particularly low levels of trust in tap water um, among low-income uh, immigrants to this country. Um, who may have had particularly negative experiences with tap water in their home country, um, as well as lower mis- lower trust in tap water among African Americans, um, e- even in cases in, in some cases where you know the tap water is, is perfectly safe. Well, so we're talking to you from Milwaukee, which has dealt with a lot of the same issues as uh, as people in the city of Flint. How how has Flint been? a game changer, if you will, in how people perceive uh, their water quality and, and the kinds of actions they, they take because of that perception? I mean, I guess off the top, the, certainly the polling that's come out and the, the, the various surveys that have been done since Flint uh, have seemed to demonstrate a much higher level of both awareness, uh, which in some ways is a positive, but uh, also mistrust in the tap. Uh, that's been, I'd say, higher levels of mistrust, particularly in the Midwest around Flint, as well as among the African-American population, um, given the way that um, decision-making around addressing the crisis in Flint uh, was was targeted or sort of uh, neglected because of the majority uh, African-American population in that city. At the same time, we, don't still, we still don't have great data um, that would allow us to sort of systematically characterize the long-term effect on perception uh, it's, it's too certain to tell, uh, I would say, outside of Michigan and outside of the Midwest how, how much of a long-term impact this is going to have on the stress. But it seems to be quite relevant still. Well, and, and so what are the implications for, for public health or the environment when people choose to drink something besides their tap water, even in places that might not be dealing with the same issues as, as Flint or Milwaukee? So there's a lot of concern, particularly from the public health uh, perspective, but also from you know sort of social welfare perspective. Regardless of the, the, the cause of mistrust, whether it's misperception or whether it's lead in, in the water uh, around uh, people not trusting the tap, and then first drinking more bottled water uh, or sugary beverages, which uh, cost on the order of around 500 times more uh, per unit of the beverage. Um, than the tap water, uh, so uh, having to spend upwards of a thousand dollars a year, as opposed to you know a few hundred dollars a year for tap water, uh, as opposed to these beverages, as opposed to bottled beverages, the health impacts are, are multiple. Um, there's certainly a concern, uh, I would say, sort of a lower level concern around dental health um, if you're drinking either bottled water or sugary beverages, um, but more so the concern around diabetes and reliance on sugary beverages. Um, because the cost is uh, is relatively similar to bottled water um, that's causing obesity um, and other sorts of long-term health effects. There's also stress and sort of indignity effects uh, on people who don't trust their own tap water, aren't able to trust their own tap water. 
Then there's environmental externalities of both the bottled water and bottled uh, sugary beverage use, as well as water systems receive uh, sort of less revenue and less public confidence when people don't trust the tap. So there's really a, a manifold um, uh, a range of, of impacts, negative impacts from mistrust. This is a really tricky equation, though, in a place like Flint or a place like Milwaukee, when people might be looking at sugary beverages or uh, bottled water versus tap water as a as a sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. Yeah, and I'd say also, uh, I would say there's no evidence in in most cases that bottled water or sugary beverages are safer, even in terms of the water quality than um, your average tap water. But when it comes to lead in the tap water, you do have to, in those emergency cases, rely on um, bottled water. It's still, you know, the argument for sugary beverages is not as strong, but yes, it's, it's a, there's no other choice at that, at that point. So if you're a city or you're a municipal water supplier, is some of this a, a message issue? Do, do uh, cities and, and their water utilities have to do a better job of making the case that the water they're providing to their citizens is safe to drink? There's a very fine line. Um, in cases where the water isn't safe, particularly when there's lead in the water, <laughs> it's not an issue of, of messaging except to tell people you can't drink the water and really then make the case to the city at large or the state or in some cases the federal government, which still hasn't seemed to get the message, that we just need a, a lot more funding to address uh, you know, when there's lead in the, the service lines. You need a lot of money to, to switch them out. That's the bottom line. Anything else is a short-term fix that won't um, really address the problem. But in cases where the water is safe uh, and people mistrust, it is a matter of messaging. Um, but it's a matter of, I think, doing more aggressive and, and more nuanced messaging than water systems and public health agencies have done to date, and really trying to combat the false claims that many bottled water and sugary beverage companies are putting out there about the tap. So I think that's where nonprofits and advocacy groups have to come in, because public agencies just aren't in a position or are comfortable with doing a sort of a, an ad campaign to the extent that they would need. Right. It, it's it's interesting uh, because, you know, we're having this conversation in the Midwest and there's a lot of this old housing stock and, and these lead lateral lines, which are causing real problems. You do a lot of your work in California and, and the perception problem is, a it sounds like a completely different issue out there. Yeah. So actually, I mean, how I got really motivated to keep doing this work is the fact that if you look at the one national source of data on uh, tap water perception, um, Los Angeles and San Bernardino Riverside, which is the metro areas with the two highest levels of mistrust in the tap water, even though we have uh, virtually no lead issues and most of the water that's being delivered to those communities is technically safe per the federal and state standards, there's still a lot going on with the sort of distribution lines of the various water systems and the premise plumbing or the, the, the water pipes within buildings that it does appear as we do more and more research is, is leading to contamination that causes people to think the water is unsafe and is sort of a, a rational response uh, to mistrust that water. So that's where the messaging and, and further investment in those parts of infrastructure becomes necessary. As a researcher, do you have occasion to, to just sit down with people and talk to them about how they make these decisions, get kind of anecdotal data as well? Yeah, so we, we are now doing a lot of work in, in particular communities in Los Angeles, and I should say um, these issues are particularly concentrated in low-income, disadvantaged communities in, in urban Los Angeles, 
and so we do work with uh, residents, with community groups who are working on these issues, both to better understand sort of how they're perceiving uh, their tap water, how they're making choices, but also, uh, you know, to help inform solutions that will work for them and won't place the burden entirely on them, just changing their minds um, in cases where they have brown water coming out of the tap. Well, and so as we look at a place like Milwaukee or a place like Flint or any other community that, that's had this kind of uh, significant issue with lead, uh, once that, and, and this is a, you know, this is a big if and a big when, once that issue is corrected, there is still going to be, one imagines, a pretty significant uh, effort needed by the community to convince its people that, uh, that, that the water is, again, safe to drink. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, where we're going with this research, and there are, again, there are some others doing you know, parallel research as well, is, is really trying to understand the segments of sort of mistrust. And I think there's inevitably going to be a segment of people who just will never go back to the tap once they've heard about the lead issue and had a really negative experience or, you know, maybe had determined that there is lead in their water. Um, but there's a whole other group um, somewhere in the middle that may be convincible if we take, uh, you know, more, again, more aggressive and, and more um, sort of informative and, and uh, you know, targeted messages that convey with confidence that the water is safe, but don't get too complex at the same time. And that's where the, the education piece of, of water quality, given that it is a science, um, there's a very fine line between giving people too much information or too little um, that, I think uh, we all need to work on to uh, help people feel confident. It's a complicated bunch of issues. It is. But, uh, yeah, I would think one, again, that since Flint um, has come onto the scene and other incidents uh, really across the, the Midwest, Northeast, and somewhat in the Southeast of this country has become you know paramount that we work on. Well, Greg Pierce, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for having me. Greg Pierce is the Associate Director of Research at the Luskin Center for Innovation at UCLA. You'll find a link to his research about public perceptions of tap water quality at WUWM.com. 